It really boils down to what we do. And in talking about those attributes of personal responsibility, consistency, hard work, goal-oriented, you start to realize that this isn't an accident. Becoming a millionaire is the result of focus and dedication. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're bringing you another Best of MKM episode. This week, I'm going to be sharing a conversation I had in 2019 with Chris Hogan, the former Dave Ramsey personality and the author of Everyday Millionaires. Recently, I shared a clip of this interview on my YouTube channel, and it got a lot of views, got a lot of interest, lots of people in the comments just saying, oh man, I miss Chris. So I thought I'd bring back this interview for a best of MKM. We discuss the survey Chris Hogan did with 10,000 plus millionaires and the surprising results he found. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview about who is an everyday millionaire and how you can become one. Without further delay, let's jump into today's show. After interviewing dozens of 30-something millionaires and accomplished multi-millionaires, it's fair to say that I'm a little bit interested in the inner workings of a millionaire. Well, today, I have a very special guest who's going to share the results from the largest and most comprehensive study of millionaires ever done. Chris Hogan is here with us today. He is a number one national best-selling author, dynamic speaker, and financial expert. For more than a decade, Hogan has served at Ramsey Solutions, equipping and challenging people to take control of their money and reach their financial goals. His second book, Everyday Millionaires, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth and How You Can Too, is out this week. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Excellent. Well, Chris, you know, before we dive into how we can become an everyday millionaire, I thought it would be good to break down the mathematics for people. What does being a millionaire really mean? It's not the salary, right? I mean, it's other things, right? That's correct. And I'm so glad you point that out because a lot of people believe that to be a millionaire means that you make a million dollars a year. And that's just not the case. So it's about your net worth. So it's a matter of looking at what you own minus what you owe. Okay, so again, what you own, that's a total of your investment accounts, your IRAs, your Roth IRAs, your home, your vehicles, all of those things added up minus what you owe on it. And if that net result is a million dollars, then you, my friend, are an everyday millionaire. So in your book, you found that 74% of millennials and 52% of baby boomers think that millionaires inherited their wealth. What did your research find? Well, and it's, it's staggering, right? I mean, because if you believe that and you think that, that the only way to build wealth is through an inheritance, then if your family doesn't have money or you don't stand to inherit anything, what you feel like is that you're left out. But the truth is, is that only 21% of the millionaires that we studied received an inheritance. Only 21%. And so anyone that believes that it's a larger percentage than that, like the, the over 70% like millennials or 55% like the baby boomers, that would be false. So why do you think people believe these types of things? Does it just make them feel better about, you know, maybe not getting to that situation? What do you think, Chris? 
Well, I think, you know, it's a culmination of a few things. Uh, having looked at the research and really dug into this, I think there is a component of it to think that, okay, it's easier to just imagine someone being handed something versus someone working toward it over a long period of time. So I think that there's part of that mental justification, well, that you say, okay, well, that's how they got it. But when you re really start to dig into it a little bit and you start to understand that you have people that have worked very, very hard, have been very consistent over time, making sacrifices and working toward that, it's a little bit more difficult for people to wrap their heads around if they don't believe that it's possible for them. So we talked about some of the untruths. Let's talk about some of the truths, right? So what are the true characteristics or personal attributes that you found of these everyday millionaires? Well, I mean, it was amazing. You know, anytime you take on a research study like this of over 10,000, it's a massive undertaking. But we really wanted to dig in and understand what is kind of the, the, those characteristics and attributes. Well, the first one is personal responsibility. These are individuals that, that know, regardless of where they are, that it's something that's on them, right? I mean, 97% of millionaires believe that they control their own destiny, and so it's a matter of having this mindset that, hey, I am going to be responsible and it's on me. Another characteristic was being intentional with their finances. This is one of those things that's not an accident for them. You know, they're plugged in, they're budgeting, you're there attacking debt. I mean, the, you know, the average millionaire paid off their home in just under 11 years. And so this is a mindset of people that stay focused and know what it is they're trying to accomplish. Millionaires are also goal oriented. These are people that set a chart for themselves and a course, and they really know how to push themselves to make sure that they're working towards something. They like to achieve, and they're, they consider themselves hard workers, which is the number four thing, which is being hard workers, meaning plugging in and doing the job that's necessary, right? They're not looking to cut corners. They're not looking to get out of doing something. They want to do things that matter, right? And they, wanna, they care about what it is that they're doing. 66% of the millionaires that we studied said that they loved their job jobs, right? That they had that love in their heart for what they do. And the final characteristic is wealth building. They know that wealth building takes consistency, right? And that's time after time of really being focused. And it's no wonder, right, that 79% of millionaires said the employer-sponsored retirement plans, the 401ks, 403bs, and IRAs were the number one cause for them to build wealth, Number one. And so you look at this and that consistently investing in your 401k or your 403b, you know, over the course of 25 to 30 years will put you on that path. So you said it's a 401k. I thought it would maybe be like the lottery or Bitcoin or maybe like a rich uncle or something like that. It's the 401k, huh? It is the 401k. And a lot of people think that, right? And nobody that we talked to, none of the 10,000 millionaires, over 10,000 of them, none of them said that it was the, that they won the lottery or, the, or that caused them to be rich. None of them said it was about their income. And so we got to tell people the truth so they can understand, hey, this is not something that I'm excluded from, right? The American dream is alive and available, but you just have to understand it, believe you can do it, and then start to work in that direction. What I loved about reading this book, Chris, and thank you guys so much for sending it my way, is that we all have these theories of what a millionaire is or how this person got rich. You guys took the real hard facts of 10,000 millionaires in, was it based in the U.S. or global? 
It was in the U.S. Okay. and it was so it, it was so big that we had to use an outside research firm to help us with that because we wanted to know all across the country, right? I mean, it would have been real easy just to zero in up on the Northeast or the the, the Southwest or whatever. No, we wanted to know all across the country, and it was really eye opening, you know, to be able to see this. That despite what people think, that a millionaire is some individual in a slick suit leaning on some fancy car in front of some massive home, that's not the reality. The everyday millionaire is at a regular average man or woman that has worked consistently over time that is focused on their job. And as far as the home goes, you know, people think, oh, they're living in 12,000 square foot homes. The average size home these millionaires were living in was 2,600 square feet. They had lived in the house for over 17 years. So it's not about being flashy. It's about being focused and consistent. A couple decades ago, Thomas Stanley came out with a similar book, and it looks like you guys are taking that and honoring that legacy of what he's done and now brought it into this year of 2019. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, Thomas Stanley's book, The Millionaire Next Door, was very eye-opening, and I remember reading it when I was younger. And it really started to help me to understand the, the reality of what a millionaire looks like, but also what they do. But And they studied about 750 millionaires. But we wanted to go on the next level and really look at this and understand what does a millionaire look like today, in this day and age, all across the country. And it was really eye-opening to show that it's regular, everyday people. You know, it's people that are that are working hard, that are focused and consistently over time doing the things to put them on that path. Well, let's talk about what parents can do or what people's parents did do to help influence that success. This show is all about family and marriage and kids, and I thought that would be a great uh, conversation point for us to do. So what did you find in your research about the influence that uh, millionaires' parents had on their success and then maybe what we could do as parents to make that happen for ourselves? That's exactly right. I think it's really important for us as parents to understand young people are watching us, right? And they're they're impressionable. They can learn new skills, but we need to start early. We need to really help them understand kind of the steps to take to be able to help themselves be successful. And, you know, with my boys, teaching them how to, to give, save, and spend, you know, at a young age. And I'm talking, you know, under age eight. You can teach them that by giving them the envelopes and having them write that on the on the front of it and, and empowering them to really be able to take control of their money. A high percentage of these millionaires were influenced by their family members, talking about money, teaching them and helping them develop the skill. So I think it goes to show for us as parents, we definitely want to make sure that we're passing on these needed life skills because money is something we all have to deal with. It's a matter of do we deal with it effectively or do we deal with it haphazardly? And I think that's the difference between our knowledge and our education. I think that's great. And as a father, you know, of two young kids, I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. This really hits home. As you yeah. said, hey, earlier than eight years old, I mean, these concepts can be absorbed and learned very early. As you and Rachel, I hear you say a lot, you know, more is caught than taught. And, and the more you can do to make that influence early on, the better off we'll all be. I was actually going to mention her quote in her book, uh, Smart Money, Smart Kids, that more is caught than taught. And what that means is, is let your kids see you talking about money. Let them hear you talk about how you're saving towards something. That Those are things, conversations that they begin to flex the muscle and really begin to learn. I was doing my radio show, The Chris Hogan Show, a couple of weeks ago and had an opportunity to talk to a single mom. And, you know, her, her name, I think it was Ella, but she was she was in the Northeast and was raised by a dad that taught her about money. Uh, he encouraged her to stay away from debt and and to be intentional, right, and, and to invest. And so she walked through a, a tough divorce 
Her daughter was about nine years old at that time, and she really began to dig in and to learn more about money. She wanted to learn more about investing. And I was so excited to talk to her because as of the time that I was speaking to her, her net worth was $1.3 million. And this is her working as a sales professional. And so it wasn't an accident, it was the result over time. And she said one of the things she's really intentional about is talking to her daughter, not just telling her about money, but showing her how to do a budget, showing her how to save towards something. And she said those are regular everyday conversations that they have. So her daughter is used to hearing it. That's incredible. So you started to give a little bit of profile for some of the people in the book. You know, we said, hey, it's not the guy in the flashy suit that you might see in the stock photography of one of those articles you're reading. It's it's an everyday person. There's a common theme almost with farmers in the book where people might see, hey, you know, a farmer, that's not a millionaire. But you found a lot of farmers or just everyday folks that became millionaires. Could you tell us about maybe one of the ones that was exciting to you that stood out that said, wow, this was an impressive story that I thought I'd share? Well, one of the, yeah, there was definitely this common theme that popped up where people had some kind of connection to farming. They either were raised on a farm, worked on a farm, or ran one. But one gentleman, he and his wife, they grew up on a farm, but so much so they had this affinity for it that they started to invest in their 403B. They were both educators, but they also began to buy land. And so, you know, they were farmers and it was in their roots. For them, I mean, they actually own over almost 2,000 acres in a certain state, right? And this was, again, consistently investing over time. And so having this mindset of really understanding what it is we want and why it matters to us, when we control our actions, right? I firmly believe that that there are three things we've got to zero in on, Andy. I think it's our, our belief do we believe that we can do this, right? Do you believe that becoming a millionaire is something that's possible for you? It's really important for us to really take a, some self-analysis of that internally to begin to think about that because where you're, where you're born or your family that you're born into, all of these things can have an impact on what you think is possible. But outside of beliefs, the next thing is just your knowledge. What do you what do you learn, right? Either reading The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley or my book, Everyday Millionaire, where you're actually beginning to learn the truth so you can identify the myths as well as the lies. But the rubber boils down to point number three, which is our actions and personal habits. It really boils down to what we do. And in talking about those attributes of personal responsibility, consistency, hard work, goal-oriented, you start to realize that this isn't an accident. Becoming a millionaire is the result of focus and dedication. little bit about your personal story in the book too. There was some time in your career where you were working in the banking industry and then you made a a transition over to Ramsey Solutions. Was there a point in your personal finance journey where you felt, hey, these stories that are being shared in this book here kind of resonate with me? And there was a point in time in my life where I made that opportunity of believing that I can do this. Was there any point in your life that happened for you? It's been all throughout my life. You know, I've been the recipient of people that have definitely have cared about me, right, to pour into me, whether it's family members, teachers or coaches. But I think when you start to believe and or you start to hear enough that people think that you can, that positive energy starts to spill off on you. And, you know, I remember I read Millionaire Next Door and I still, you know, it was good information, but I don't know if it was something that I had believed just yet. And so, you know, really getting connected here at Ramsey Solutions, that's when my eyes really were opened. That's where you really start to understand how money works and that it's not about how much you make. 
so many people believe that, that it's about the income. And I want people to understand it's not. It's a matter of what you're doing with that income. If you're keeping a majority of your money with you and you're able to invest it versus sending it out for debt payments or things of that nature, that that will empower you to be able to really say, you know what, I am going to invest consistently over time and get the right kind of guidance. You talked about some of those people that were influential in your life, you know, the coaches, the mentors. I heard you speak at FinCon in the fall. Great presentation, by the way, blew me away. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. You you talked about four key relationships we need in our lives to build wealth. And you mentioned some of those. Can you share those four relationships so people can try to find those folks in their life? Well, I think it's so important for us to to not do life alone. It is really important to get the kind of guidance you need from the right individuals. But at, at, at FinCon, I was telling you about, you know, the four people you need in your life. I think we all need a mentor. We need a coach. We need a cheerleader and we need a friend. And so in looking at that, you know, a mentor, this is someone that's had success in their career. They're doing something. And so you can really learn some things from them. They don't have to be in the same line of work as you, but really being able to see those attributes and that those characteristics. But a coach is someone that can help you get better. People often think of athletic coaches, but I would say in the music world or dance or anything where you have somebody that's zeroing in on what you're doing and they're guiding you. And then, you know, obviously a cheerleader is someone that believes in you and they're always there to support you. But a friend is someone you're connected to. That's a person you can be real with. You can tell them about the things that are going on in your life, good and bad or challenging, but they're listening to you. And I I think it's really important for us to not only have these four people in our lives, but I think we also need to be one of those four for other people. And so I think when we do this, it sets us up to be able to look and understand that life is a little bit bigger than ourselves. And I point this out because even in our our research, 70% of these millionaires were setting aside money each and every month to be able to give. So the mindset and the heart behind it was to not only help themselves and their family, but to also be able to help others. You know, a key component of becoming a millionaire from what I read in your book is living on less than you make. Totally makes sense, right? But in (laughs) practice, it's very difficult. You know, somebody might be living paycheck to paycheck. You know, they're thinking, where do I even start? Maybe I'm making 100K, but I'm spending 100K. Where's the best place for them to start head down this millionaire path? Well, as I said, you know, if you're going to head down the millionaire path, you got to believe in yourself. And, you know, 97% of these millionaires believe they control their own destiny. 92% of them believe in having a plan for their money. So it, it, it is a matter of people making a decision and really beginning to drill in and learning the skills you need. Budgeting is a key component where you understand, hey, how much do I need to live on each and every month? How much do I have coming in and where am I going to direct it to go? And that control aspect comes from knowledge. It goes back to the three things I said, our beliefs, our knowledge, and our actions, right? And so I think if we can analyze and understand our beliefs and we can grow in our knowledge, then we can start to control our actions and be that intentional with our money month in and month out. When you start to believe, you start to develop these big goals, right? Hey, maybe this could be something I could do. Become a millionaire, pay off my house, achieve financial independence. You spent a lot of time talking about that in your book. Why is it also important to think about the short-term goals under these big goals of becoming a millionaire and, and becoming five, things like that? 
Yeah, I, I, well, I think, you know, anytime you're setting any kind of big goal, I think it's it's dangerous to just set the goal out there for something you want to accomplish 10 or 15 years out, because if it's too far away, we can get disconnected to it. So I think short-term goals and smarter goals can help us stay on that path toward achieving the bigger goals. And so I want to encourage people to have a monthly goal, right? Have that thing that you're walking to each month. I'm a firm believer in setting goals. I set them for myself weekly as well as monthly. And if I do that enough with weekly and monthly goals, then I can tell you I'm going to hit and exceed my yearly goals. And so I think it's just a matter of us understanding ourselves. And I want people to set themselves up for success instead of just sliding into failure. I think we can decide on that. And that's another thing that I talk about in the book is that when we make decisions about our life, that's us being proactively involved. When we slide, that's where we just kind of go with the flow and other people get to make decisions for us. So, you know, becoming a millionaire, obviously, it's a big goal. But at the end of the day, it's just a number. You know, some people might say, eh, becoming a millionaire, that sounds nice. But why should the average person who's listening to us today, the listeners of the show, why should they be fired up about becoming a millionaire? What can that do for their lives? Oh, my. Well, I, I would say this. I mean, anytime you achieve financial independence, I think it, it helps us to make more decisions about what we want to do and what we feel called to do, not what we have to do. And I think it's about having options. And I, I don't know about you, but you know, being able to help others is a big deal to me. So I love seeing that 70% of these millionaires were, were actually giving month in and month out. But I think having the capacity and the ability to be able to help support a charity that you believe in or a cause that you believe in, it can make us all feel better. And it can definitely help those charities to be able to do better. So don't even just not only the legacy side of it on your own side, but really start to think about just how impactful you can be. I can remember a story of a millionaire several years ago that had an opportunity to really impact a children's home. And one of the things that they did was they went out and they bought almost 200 bicycles for these kids that didn't have Christmas and didn't have gifts. And they really talked about the impact of that, of watching these young kids ride these bikes around and the smiles on their face. And I think, you know, the, the millionaire was saying that it, it made it all worth it, all the hard work, all the sacrifice and all that dedication to be able to see the impact on those young kids. He knew he had done something that was fantastic. Chris, you know, I'm thinking about the baby steps. You know, I'm a financial uh, peace university coach at my uh, local church. My wife and I have had the opportunity to go from step one all the way through step seven now. And I'm just thinking, you know, we got become a millionaire. We got financial independence. Do we add step eight, nine and 10 on here or what? Is there any chance of that? Or what do you think? <laughs> Hey, you never know. I can tell you this. The baby steps have been an absolute foundational part in my own financial journey. And so I want to encourage people out there. If you've not plugged into Financial Peace University, please do it. You know, this is the time for you to make that change in your money and to really be able to take more control and really learn how it works to get out of debt, get on a budget, be able to save and invest. But as far as adding to the baby steps, who knows? Uh, maybe that's something that we take a look at down the road. But we're going to do whatever possible here at Ramsey Solutions to empower as many people as we can. Because we know that people that have financial independence, people that have financial freedom are able to give more and do more for people and causes that they care about. I love it, Chris. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I want to know where people can get this book. And I also hear there's maybe like a tour going on. You're going to be signing books in different places around the country. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, well, I definitely, we're going to be, you know, launching this book on January 7th, and we'll be traveling all around the country. We'll start in New York and swing all the way down through Texas and Phoenix and all the way out to LA, and we'll finish in Seattle almost three weeks later. But we're going to where people are, because I want people to have this message. I want people to know that the American dream is not only alive, but it's available for them. It doesn't matter where you grew up or where you were born. It's about the plan you're working. So people can find everything about the book tour found out everything about the book and where to order it by just going to my website, chrishogan360.com. Excellent. And if you want to connect with Chris there too, he's got a great podcast, great books now too, and a great way for people to uh, learn more about building this type of financial freedom, becoming a millionaire, an everyday millionaire. You can do it too. This is incredible. Thank you so much for your time today, Chris. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Chris Hogan. Number one, invest in your workplace 401k. You heard Chris say it. The number one way they found people are becoming millionaires is by investing in their 401k. That little old thing that you get bugged about from HR to sign up for right when you start your job. Yeah, that one. (laughs) These millionaires, they started early. They consistently invested they took advantage of any matches that may exist from their jobby, jobby, job, job, and they left it alone to grow and grow and grow. It is magical, man. Compound interest is magical. So own that magic, my friends. And if you're not taking advantage of this number one way to become a millionaire, sign up today. Go meet with your HR rep, learn a little bit about the program, and make it happen. Number two, believe that you control your own destiny. 97% of millionaires believe that they control their own destiny, according to Mr. Hogan. It's not the weather, it's not their boss, not their colleagues, not the government. They are in control. They believe they are in control. So let's join them and take our future and our responsibility into our own hands. So this is going to be fun. Repeat after me. I am the reason I will become debt-free. I'm in control of becoming a millionaire. The choices and actions I make will determine my financial future. All right, you're probably looking pretty weird talking to yourself in the car or whatever and you, <laughs> while you're doing the dishes. Uh, But anyway, you're in control now. All right. All right. Cool. Number three, put action steps around your goals. When Chris mentioned setting weekly goals and monthly goals that tie into the larger goals, I got all pumped because that's exactly what I'm doing this year. And it's really, really for the first time, you know, in the past, I've just set the goals and obviously I work towards them, but it is a lot easier to reach those goals if you are following them up with action on a weekly and monthly basis. My sister bought me this planner called Make It Happen. Actually, there's a couple letters before the IT, but I can't say it on the show because it's a family show. (laughs) And I've been writing in it every day so far this year. Yes, it's only been, you know, a week or two, but nevertheless, I'm sticking with it, baby. So in the book, you put your dreams out there and your goals out there, but then it encourages you to keep consistent on a monthly and weekly basis by putting action steps towards those goals. So it's not just enough to say, I want to become a millionaire. 
Yes, you want to become a millionaire by what age or by what date? And then under that, what are you going to do to get there? So take advantage of something like this. I'll put the book in the show notes for you guys to check out if you want to buy it. I think it's like 30 bucks, but you can do it by yourself. You can do it on a piece of paper, but this journal helps organize it and keep you on task. So since all those millionaires that Chris spoke to are goal-oriented folks, let's do like the millionaires do and put some action around our goals. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show, to Weird Digital Marketing for their support on Instagram and YouTube, and to Mandy Burt for her stellar writing, as always. Thank you all so much for your partnership. Hey, if you want to create some connections with like-minded people who are on a mission to improve their family's finances, well, join us in the Thriving Families Facebook group. This is a free Facebook group focused on helping young families thrive. Every week, we ask group members to share some cool family wins that have happened in their lives recently. And new group member Carla shared this great news recently. This week, we reached our year savings goal. Even with all the inflation, we still accomplished this two months early. And then when I asked Carla what she was saving for, she said, Coast Fire, which is awesome. Carla, talk about an everyday millionaire in the making. Congratulations. Very cool. For those of you who don't know what Coast Fire is, it's when you have so much saved for retirement that you have the choice to slow down or stop contributions altogether and still achieve your desired retirement income goals. That means Carla probably knows a thing or two about what Chris Hogan was talking to us about today. (laughs) Can I get a round of applause for our friend Carla for sharing her big family financial win with us? All right. Nice job, Carla. Very cool. (laughs) If you're looking to make some connections with like-minded people who are trying to do all this family financial stuff together and maybe get inspired by their wins that they share like Carla, please check us out in our free Thriving Families Facebook community. You can go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Booker T. Washington. Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. It's time to take the steps needed to become an everyday millionaire, everyone. Carpe diem. 